Greetings, friends, and welcome to episode 14 of the Game Dip Map Podcast, a bite-sized show about great games you might have missed. I'm your host, Josh Augustine, and today I want to tell you about how I have left hundreds of innocent travelers stranded in Paris subway stations, where really I can only assume they've starved to death or died of boredom or became traveling hobos with sweet picnic blanket bindles. And I mean, really, isn't that the fate we all want for ourselves someday? Maybe I was doing them a favor unintentionally. So it all happened in Mini Metro, a soothing strategy game where you design subway stations for famous cities as demands grow and change. It was created and published by Dinosaur Polo Club, which is an excellent (laughs) uh, indie dev company uh, with a great name. Uh, It's a few friendly folks up in Canada. They released the game on Steam in November of 2015, and it came out on iOS and Android just a few months ago. And I haven't tried it on mobile, but the, the interface definitely seems perfect for a mobile game, so I think you could grab it anywhere and be totally happy with it. So first, let's take a look at how you play Mini Metro. So the game does absolutely everything it can to minimize the interface. So it can be a little confusing at first. Like, you're immediately thrown into what appears to be like a 2D map of a world with a river, like maybe it's Middle Earth or something, you're not sure what's going on, but with super simple graphics. Like... If you just had to draw a map of where you are right now, look around you. If you're driving, kind of keep your eyes on the road, but still look around you. If you had to draw a map of where you are right now, and you only had four colors, and you could only draw lines and circles in a square, like, how would you do it? Like, that's what the map looks like. So, in in one way, it's, like, very minimalistic, and it's beautiful, like a modern art. Uh, Mixed with Tron, I guess, is the best way. Less blinking neon lights than Tron, but that kind of Tron simple colors. So, you typically see a river running through the middle of the screen, uh, because most major cities are near rivers or oceans. That's just the way civilization has been. But let's not get crazy. This isn't a history podcast, is it? So you see the river, and there's two or three shapes kind of scattered around, like a triangle and a circle, for example. And they don't tell you what to do. Like, you just see this, and you're like, uh, and all of a sudden, little symbols start popping up next to the bigger symbols. And you're like, what? I guess I'll just try drawing a line between them. (laughs) So you do it. And then a colored line starts following your cursor or finger if you're on mobile, right? And you drag it over to the other shape, and suddenly a colored line appears between them, and a little train car hops on board and starts moving between them. So you realize, oh, the the bigger symbols are, are like train stations. Okay, cool. Um, and then the, the train pulls up to a station, and the little ones hop on board and then move, and you're like, oh, the little symbols are people. That's, that's kind of fun. You're starting to understand it, right? And these are the people that you're serving. They all have places they want to be and got to go, and it's your job to get them there, right? So you're looking around, and you're, you've done good so far. People are moving around. You're feeling good about this, right? you got a little simple subway going. Everyone's taken care of. Then suddenly you spot a small dot on the other side of the map. That's real small. And you're like, is that a, is that a person over there? What is going on? And then it's it's growing. What What's happening? Is this, is this bad? Is this a tornado? Is it an alien spaceship that's landing very, very slowly, and it's planning to abduct our citizens? Is it a chasm opening up in the middle of downtown, swallowing up terrified businessmen? Uh, that would also be a cool game. <laughs> it was my favorite part of SimCity. Um, but then suddenly it pops into view and it takes the shape of a star. 
and it's a new subway station and people are already filing into it waiting for you to connect it so they can get where they want to go so you have to find a way to connect it to your existing lines without ruining your whole setup um, in this case let's say there's no convenient way to hook it up to your lines without causing huge delays on your already too busy stations Right? And so you're just sitting there scratching your head. How are you going to redraw the existing subway lines, add new lines, or use infrastructure upgrades to alleviate the current issues so that you have the bandwidth to take on this new problem of this new train station that hopped out way out in the suburbs, right? <laughs> and you better figure out quick because people are getting impatient waiting over there. Um, so that's basically how the game works. The growing city presents evolving sets of problems that you need to solve without sacrificing total efficiency. Obviously, some days are going to be better than others, and some days you just have to tell people they're going to have to wait a little bit and just deal with it. You're doing the best you can. Um, and eventually, you're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to lose, essentially, when too many people are not able to get where they want to go. At each subway station, they'll get upset if there's like 100 people waiting and no train, <laughs> which you can expect makes sense. People would start rioting in real life if that happened. Uh, and at that point, you can decide if you want to keep playing for fun, if you want to start over in that city, or try a new city. Um, which you unlock by reaching certain thresholds in the earlier cities. Like deliver 30, 300 people in city one and then the next city unlocks. That sort of thing. So at its heart, it's a strategy game. It's not a tycoon game, which is kind of what I was expecting going into it. It's not a simulation game, even though extreme mode kind of gets close to a simulation. Like the core game is not a simulation. It's not a tycoon game. It's a strategy game. And so it's about thinking on the fly and it's solving this problem big complicated puzzle that is constantly changing every second that you're solving it uh, it's just a really uh really unique puzzle And the cool part about that music is it's actually basically made by the things in the game. So there's a core bass music that's in the background, but it's very simple. But then all the pings and the boops and the deet, deet, deets, all that stuff is like people appearing at stations or getting on trains. So the music actually changes based on what's happening in the game because it's all built by what's happening in the game. It's a really cool system. But anyways... Let's talk about seven reasons you should drop everything and immediately play this game. Reason number one, soothing relaxation. Just, you heard that music just a second ago. It's just, ah, it's so good. Like, it's just, it's meditative, right? This game is better for my stress levels than a sensory deprivation chamber and a looping track of rainforest noises. And the, we talked about the interface earlier. The lack of UI just keeps the whole game just simple and beautiful. There's very little on the screen, and what's there is solid colors and kind of simple shapes. Everything's smooth, it's slow, it's easy to look at, and has one of my favorite interface options in any app. Uh, it has a dark mode which turns the entire thing from like a white background with bright colors to like a dark gray. It just makes it easier on the eyes all around and it just looks cooler, at least for my days. Reason number two, frequent travel rewards. So there are 15 cities in the game. Each is its own unique map modeled after a real world city. Not again, not a simulator. Uh, this isn't a flight simulator or anything, right? But it's like Paris, Tokyo, New York, etc. Big cities that have famous subways, essentially. 
And there's just something really intrinsically cool about managing subways in real cities. Like, I'm sure some, some real subway designers had much bigger problems than we tackle in this game, but it feels like I'm going through the same sorts of things that they did. You know, it starts out with just a small city, and you're picturing, like, New York way back in the 1700s, right? Uh, of course, they didn't have trains in the 1700s, so let's do 1800s. I don't even know if they had the subway in 1800, maybe 1900s? Anyways, small city. <laughs> um... And you, you start simple and you're like, okay, this is good. And then you have to try and keep up with it. The population is booming. It's growing faster than you can handle. Uh, but it, this, it doesn't slow down. You have to keep up. It's just a really fun challenge. Um, but then each playthrough is also randomized. So this is where the frequent traveler rewards comes in. It's kind of a pun. Get it? Yeah. Uh, so which stations you start with on the board, what order they unlock, all that sort of stuff is randomized every time you play. So sometimes in New York, you start all south of the river, all north of the river, or London, I guess, is probably a better example of that. And then sometimes you get a bunch on both sides of the river, and it's just really, really hard, because <laughs> you can only build so many bridges. Or if you're building bridges, you're not spending that money on other things. It's good times. All right, reason number three, choose your own adventure. Well, choose your own infrastructure. <laughs> it comes with what we were just saying about bridges, right? Um, and infrastructure is just as fun as adventure, right? Woo, come on, civil engineers in the house. Let me know where you're at. Woot. There you go. I, I heard you in the back. There's one of you. Anyways, <laughs> at different milestones, as the city grows, you're given options for what infrastructure upgrades you want to buy. So, like, you get another train. Usually, I think, by default every time. Uh, but you can get another line. And so you can build another subway line. Or maybe a carriage to an attached to an existing train. Or uh, a bullet train, which goes super fast. Or a, a station that you can put down to, like, upgrades to it to like a hub station so it can handle more people going through it and so you're given these at the end of every week sunday at midnight and you you always get the train but then you have a choice between two other and you can only choose one and so you have to decide what's going to be most useful in the next week but then also long term what's going to be really valuable if you don't if you aren't in desperate needs now what can you stock up stock up on now so you'll be prepared in the future and man, sometimes when it's like Saturday noon and a new spot, a new station opens up across the river, uh, it just feels like an eternity waiting for Sunday night to come because you're like, okay, I could ruin my whole setup right now, like ruin Orange Line by dragging it across the river and it can't go anywhere else after that or just leave those people stranded for a day and a half and maybe they won't get too angry and then maybe you'll get the upgrade that you need for a new bridge or something like that. Um it's just a whole lot of fun. And the upgrades really make you feel like you're making impactful choices. And w just when you feel like you're at the edge of your rope and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do if another station opens up, boom, you get another line. And suddenly you're like, oh, I can redraw everything. This is perfect. I have everything I need now for the next two days. And then you start scrambling again. All right, reason number four. There are three modes. So they have normal, endless, and extreme. And each of these modes are really fun. I, I play normal mostly, um, which is what I play in the live stream video of the game you can watch. Uh, but the idea is basically that you build like normal. You can redraw lines. So when if you draw a line and, oh, something cha changes, you can, okay, pull the line back and redraw it through, to route through a new station that just popped up. So you can change your subway lines. But if people get too upset because you aren't serving them, if they're getting stuck at subway stations, um, they'll get angry and you'll lose. Endless is basically normal, but without that overload. So you can just dr change anything, drag and drop trains, 
redraw lines. No one ever gets angry. They'll wait forever. Uh, be, and you can never lose. So you just play as long as you want. And then extreme. This is the one that I said was most like a simulation. Because you can't change anything after you make a choice. So when you draw that line, that subway line stays there forever. Even if another station, this has happened so many times, pops up in between the two stations, but just like a fraction of a centimeter to the right so it doesn't connect to the line. And you're like, oh, no way. I'm going to have to like draw a whole other line right next to this other line just at that one station that just popped up. Um, it's really tough, but it's really fun. I, I usually only play extreme in the daily challenges. Um, which, I mean, is our next talking point. So let's get into that. Reason number five, daily, daily challenges. So that's where you only get one playthrough. And there's a new map every single day. And sorry, new map is not right. They take an existing city and they apply rules. So it's either normal, endless, or extreme. And then you can only play it once. And then there are leaderboards. So you can compete with other people on it. So it's really fun. So you get to play through it once each day. And sometimes it's like Sydney, extreme. And you're like, oh man, this is going to be tough. Or it's New York, endless. Well, I guess endless wouldn't be a good <laughs> challenge mode. Uh, it's either normal or extreme, I guess. Because if you played endless, you'd never get a score. And you'd never go on the leaderboard and it wouldn't work. Um, or it'd just be a stamina test. Who can play for 24 hours straight to win? Please don't implement that. That sounds awful. <laughs> so, I mean... It's just like most games. If you're anything like me, you're never going to be in the top 10% of the leaderboard. Uh, but even just hitting the top 50% feels good when you're just like, hey, I'm above average at this map. Uh, it's only happened once for me so far, but it felt good when it did. But it's a nice thing because the one, I guess, downside of the game could be a, it's, a, it's a small focus game, right? We talk about a lot of small focus games on this podcast, which I love. Um, but... It can mean like some days when you log in, you don't really, you don't know what to do or you don't feel like you have like a goal you're aiming for. The daily challenge is always there just to be like, hey, you got a lunch break? Play this. That's what I've been doing most of my lunch break it breaks at work this week is just play the daily challenge. It's a nice little short piece of directed content. Tells you what to do. I love it. All right. Reason number six. There is hidden depth. Ooh, spooky. Um, the UI is sometimes too sneaky uh, and it leaves you have to figure a lot of things out on your own or by talking to people. Like I talked with one of my friends at work who really loved the game and he told me about all these new features and stuff that I didn't even realize because it's kind of hidden in the UI or doesn't tell you about it. Um, so let me help you out. If you really want to go into the game blind and this is fun to go in blind, you can skip maybe like a minute or 30 seconds to avoid this stuff. Let's do a minute and I'll make sure it's I'm done in a minute. All right, so each of the different shapes that represent the stations actually mean something. I thought they were just arbitrary. I didn't understand. So circle is common. It has the most entries, which means most people coming in, and the fewest exits. People don't go there. They leave from here. Uh, triangles are uncommon. They're balanced. Squares are rare. And very few people uh, arrive there, or but most people get off there. Um and so understand that you can actually look at the map totally differently because you'll start to see like, okay, this is the flow of people. They're going to be coming from the circles, going to the squares, triangles are somewhere in the middle, right? And then there are unique stations and each unique station has its own symbol and some sort of unique behavior to go along with it. It's pretty vague. I, was, I found out some of this stuff on Reddit, but people, it's hard to tell exactly what that behavior is, but it does something unique. Um, like maybe on Saturdays, if it's a sports stadium or something, maybe more people flock to it then or something like that. And it's not just the buildings, like the different types of 
people that are moving around have little rules in their brains too. Like triangle passengers never go to square locations. I'm not sure why, um, but I just saw that mentioned by the devs on one of the Reddit threads. Uh, and so I think it's just stuff like that that you can pick it up uh, over time or look at it online. And like the angles of the tracks affect the speed, so sharp turns will slow you down. That one's pretty obvious. Uh, passengers arrive at regular times, just like they would in real life. So you can keep an eye on the current time and make adjustments for rush hour and stuff like that. So all of that sounds really cool, right? Very simmy. But remember, it's not a game. Sorry, it is a game. <laughs> it's not a simulation, which can be confusing at first because I assumed ultra realism going into the game, just kind of the premise of the game. But a lot of tricks to game the system. Like you can move trains like God. <laughs> you just drag and drop and throw it. Um, but and as soon as people, it has to get rid of the passengers that are currently on board or else they'd be very upset and very surprised. <laughs> um, but once they do that, the trains will just hop over to new systems. So there are tricks you can do to put trains back into the tray so you can put them onto other lines if you want or move them around exactly where you need them to alleviate and like hand control a lot of the movements. So there's a lot to master here if you really want to get into it. And a lot of that stuff isn't even things I would think about initially. I would never think that I, it would be a good idea to drag and drop trains all over the place. Because that's not what you would do in a simulator. But this is a game. It's a puzzle that you're trying to solve. And so these kind of new depths that you unlock and uncover as you get deeper into it really keeps the game fresh uh, much longer than I initially expected it to. I expected like maybe like a week of fun. Uh, but I'm probably like a month into it and still having a lot of fun and discovering new things and still not uh, obviously being awesome at it. So it's been really fun. And actually, my friend at work that plays this, him and his wife play the same map at the same time and kind of compare scores. And that sounds really interesting to me to be like, all right, let's both start up Sydney. Let's see how it goes. Then you can kind of compare. Oh, cool. You got the one south of the river. Oh, I got a bunch of on both sides. I'm in trouble. Um, it's just a really there's a lot of really fun ways to play this uh, this game. All right, reason number seven, you can speed up time. So you click the clock to change how fast time goes. I played for weeks until I, someone told me that. My friend at work told me that. I didn't even discover it on my own. Uh, so now that I've told you, I just saved hours of your life with five simple words. This is true power. <laughs> Right, so if Mini Metro sounds fun to you, you can uh, buy it for only 10 bucks. I'll put links on GameDivMat.com along with everything else we talked about here in a video of me playing the game so you can check it out before you buy. So before we go, let's give away a copy of the game. Dinosaur Polo Club sent us one key to give away on the show. Thank you very much to them. They're very kind. All you have to do to enter the contest is answer this simple trivia question. Which city do you unlock first in Mini Metro? Is it London, Hong Kong, Saint of uh, Saint Saint Francisco, San Francisco, Saint Petersburg, or Paris. Email or tweet your guests to me. Links on game to I don't, I don't know if anyone actually listens to this half of the show anyways at this point. So I'm just going to leave that <laughs> that mistake in there and see if anyone listens to it. <laughs> so if I don't hear anything about that uh, blubber, I'll know that you guys ditched me on the second half of the episode. <laughs> All right. So the correct answer to last week's trivia question about genetic traits and hero generations was Titan. 
So congratulations to Pierre and Andrew, who both answered correctly and won a copy of Hero Generations, which is a turn-based RPG where every move is a year of your life. And you can hear more about that game on episode 13. If you enjoyed the show, you can tell your friends about us, leave a review on iTunes, or hey, come join our Discord server. We're having so much fun. We're talking about games in there all the time. I already, we've been talking about like five games I need to cover on the show on there uh, because there's just so many good games that everyone's just recommending. It's a great place to just talk about new indie games. Um, so link to that is on gamediplomat.com right at the top. It says join our Discord server or something like that or go to our about page. Email me, tw- tweet me, send me some, I'll get you there. Uh, you can also donate money if you want to support the show on gamediplomat.com forward slash donate. I'm having so much, such a hard time with the kids. Ah! All right, let's just end this. All right, whew, here we go. Closer, you guys ready? Count to three with me. One, two, three, here we go. But no matter what, thanks for spending your time with us. I hope you found a fun new game to play. In the next episode of Game Diplomat, we'll talk about Night in the Woods, a story-focused fantasy adventure game where you return to your hometown. We'll see you then.